Hello, welcome to Pilgrim Missionary Baptist Church podcast, Faith in the Word. Here, Pastor Cecil Holloway is bringing you all the spiritual teachings within God's Word. We hope you enjoy. Please share with a friend. And like always, God bless you. Be seated. Hallelujah. That was a, uh, that word Minister Gray gave, that was a compliment. That's the same thing that the Spirit spoke to me during praise and worship to. That we have, we are getting ready to enter into our breakthrough of this ministry. That was, that was, that was a confirmation from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody said, well, why do you say it, Pastor? Well, we've got to let folks know. Folks know there's other people here from God, too. Amen. Many women of God. Amen. And God confirms his word through others also. Amen. So that was that was that was a word for God. Amen. Hallelujah. The Greens had their baby this morning. Hallelujah. I think the baby was what nineteen and nineteen pounds and three ounces? No, eight pounds. Hallelujah. Eight pounds and what eleven ounces? Eleven ounces of baby boy. Twenty inches long. Isaiah Jasper Green. Interesting. Interesting. Praise God. Hallelujah. He's blessed. Amen. He's blessed. We'll be seeing little Isaiah running around here like his other siblings. Amen. Praising the Lord. He looked just like uh, who? Caleb. 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 Yeah. Lord, I didn't say the mailman. I was ready to say hallelujah. <laughs> Yeah, man, I look like the mailman. Glory be to God. <laughs> Woo, glory. Hallelujah. We're going into our fifth day of our family. Hey, look at We got 35 more days. Amen. But let's look at this week. We got five more weeks. Amen. It's six weeks to this 40-day fast. So we'll be, after this week, we have five more weeks. Amen. And hallelujah. Glory be to God. And then we're going to, after this fast, we're going to have to do something as a church. Have dinner on the grounds or something. Amen. Oh, no cakes or cookies? Mm. Hallelujah. I'm going to get my cake and cookie. I, I ain't eating 40-some days. Glory be to God. Every restaurant in Nicholsville better watch out. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Amen. But, you know, but Mr. Gray's right. This, this fast has been awesome. You know, I have not been hungry. I've been my spirit. I've been feeding my spirit with the word and praise and worship and hearing God. And it's just been a, so far, it's been a good fast. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. I could just hardly wait till the end of this thing, what God is going to do. Amen. Not only in our lives, but also in this ministry. So we're excited for about fasting. Fasting. Don't worry, one day y'all gonna get to the point y'all be able to fast 40 days with no food either. Hallelujah. Just took all took all your shout out, amen. Glory be to God. Amen. Galatians chapter (laughs) 5. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to continue on our teaching on the book of Galatians. Uh, Hopefully we can uh, wrap up 
Galatians chapter 5 and then pick up Galatians chapter 6. But so far, this has been a blessed book. Amen? We have learned a lot. And we're going to learn even more tonight from the book of Galatians. Amen. So we're going to really get into the word tonight because I have my amplified with me tonight and my message. So we're going to get down tonight. Amen. Galatians chapter 5. Are you there? Let's start at the 16th verse. Pick up at the 16th verse. It's Apostle Paul talking to the church in Galatia, the church he founded. And we know that the Judaizers, the, uh, the Jewish Christians, we're trying to get these Galatians who were uh, uh, Gentiles to come under Judaism, under circumcision. And Paul established this church. He established this church on righteousness and the word of God and, and the things of God. And he's, uh, he's written this letter to the church of Galatia, dealing with some issues pertaining to righteousness and religion and circumcision. But now Paul's getting ready to get into a, a very important area here. He's talking about uh, previously in Galatians chapter 5, we know we dealt with faith, faith working by love, and everything is done by faith, by the word of God. Now Paul gets here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, he says, this I say then, walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary one to another, so that we cannot do the thing that ye would. But if you, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, first of all, we got to establish some things when it comes to uh, the King James version of the Bible. First of all, you need to know King James was not a man of God. All right, he was a heathen. Uh, the reason why we have the King James Version of the Bible, because some of his uh, uh, scholars came to him and said, you know, if you want your name to, uh, to exist forever and ever and ever, uh, translate the Bible into English version. And they, they told King James that they would guarantee that your name will uh, live on forever and ever, well, which is true. We have the King James Version of the Bible. But King James, were, he was not a man of God. He was not a Christian. And uh, the ones who translated the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the Greek into English, they were not uh, born again. Amen. So we just have the king. And now, now, now the scriptures that they translated into English, English, those men who written those scriptures, they were born again. They knew God. The spirit of God breathed on them to write these scriptures. But, some, but when they translated from Greek, New Testament is Greek into English, uh, they didn't have, they didn't have a, a spiritual insight or revelation of the things of God. So they only translated it uh, according to the uh, English vernacular and the knowledge that they knew at that time in 1611. That's when the King James Version was, uh, uh, was, uh, came into publication in 1611. Just like, you know, over there in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it talks about, uh, that's the, the chapter of love. Well, they could not, they didn't have a word at that time that could express the agape love of God, as we're talking about in the Greek. So they just came up with charity. 
Now, we know now, in, in our body, in our time, charity means different things. Charity means a handout. Uh, charity means that somebody, you know, you, you, you don't, you're not doing nothing. Somebody just take care of you or whatever. We have different means of charity. But that really wasn't the, the good word that they could, they could use for that word, agape. But that's the only word they knew at this time. But now, right here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, when it says that walk in the spirit... And you should not fulfill the lust of the flesh, for the flesh lusts against the spirit. We see that word S in spirit is and, uh, capitalized. Well, it's not talking about the Holy Spirit, okay, per se. It's talking about you and I spirit. If you're going to, to check the original Greek translation of this, it's not talking about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit does not lust against our flesh, okay, but he's talking about the human spirit. Now, when it starts here in verse 16, it says, this I say, walk in the spirit. That capital S is correct. It's talking about the spirit of God. But when he gets down to the 17th verse, when he's talking about the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, he's talking about you and I, human spirit. It's not talking about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit does not lust against our flesh. But our human spirit will have a battle with our flesh, that's where, if you go over there in Romans chapter 7, Paul deals with that, how the battle of the law of the mind, another member warring in my members, in the flesh, and he said, when I want to do right, I do wrong, and he's talking about that, talking about the law of the mind, but this is what he's talking about, he's talking about our human spirit lusting against our flesh, and our flesh lusting, or the, a better word for that word lusting is to do battle. Okay, to do battle against each other. Our human spirit is always doing battle with our flesh, and our flesh is always doing battle against our human spirit. Somebody say, well, why is that? Well, uh, the spirit is trying to to get control of the threefold nature uh, of our being, and the flesh is trying to get control of our threefold nature of our being. So there's always a constant war, and that war, that battlefield is where? It's in the mind. So right here he's talking about for the flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now in the 16th verse he says to walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. How do we walk in the spirit or what is walking in the spirit? Now, there's different churches, different Christians have their own different meaning of walking in the spirit. Some, some people view, uh, if you shout in church, you're walking in the spirit. If you fall under the power, you're walking in the spirit. If you speak in tongues all day long, you're walking in the spirit. Well, let's find out what the book has to say about walking in the spirit. And let's go to John chapter 6. Let's find out what Jesus has to say about walking in the spirit. Because I think he, he is the authority when it comes to walking in the spirit. Amen. John chapter 6. Are you there? <clears throat> Verse 60. And it reads, many therefore of his disciples, when they have heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? Okay, 
this Jesus got finished just dealing with the uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees, and uh, uh, Jesus was talking about uh, to eat his bread, eat his body, and all his bread and all that kind of stuff. I don't get into that. I don't have time for all that. But in sixty first verse, he said, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at him, he said unto them, Does this offend you? Now, child of God, let me just prepare you right now. When we, we're going to learn and find out how to walk in the Spirit, and when, we, when you find out how to walk in the Spirit and start walking in the Spirit, it will offend people. Okay? I, I don't know about y'all, but this week I, I've, I've, I've been totally delivered pertaining to people getting offended. You know, at one time that really used to bother me, disturb me, it grieved my spirit. But, you know, I've been meditating this week and spending time with the Holy Spirit and studying on some things. And, uh, you know, that is an indication to me to let me know that I'm anointed when people get offended. When I come across with the word of God and uh, uh, share the word of God, teach the word of God, do the things of the word of God, people are going to get offended. And, child of God, we're going to have to get a revelation of that, that that's what comes with the territory when we, when we are doing the word of God, when we're walking in the spirit, when we are doing what God has called us to do, some folks are going to get offended. And my answer to that is, who cares? Amen? I think once, once we get to that point, who cares, we'll be able to go for it. Because we, it, that, that offense won't continue to hinder us or slow us up in the things that we're doing, we need to do for God or in your uh, own personal Christian walk, and, and you just have to realize when you're walking in the spirit and doing the things of God, people will get offended. And Jesus is telling him here, 61st verse, he said, does this offend you? 62nd verse, what if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? 63rd verse, it is the spirit that quickeneth the flesh profited nothing. Now when it comes to spiritual things of God, if you walk in the flesh, the flesh profited nothing. God is not impressed with your, with your fleshy abilities. God is not impressed with your intellectual ability. God is not impressed with your educational ability or your financial ability. Not saying anything is wrong with those things, but when it comes to God, God is not impressed with those things. The only thing that, that impresses God is when we walk in the spirit. Amen? And this is what Jesus says here, the flesh profit nothing. He says, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. And they are life. So, child of God, it seems to me, walking in the spirit is walking in the word. Amen? When you and I get into the word, you, are, you and I, we are walking in the spirit. When we are in the word, doing what the word says to do, confessing the word, studying the word, that's how we walk in the spirit when we walk in the word, because Jesus says here, the words that I speak unto you, they are life, spirit, and they are life. 
So Jesus said that his words are spirit. Amen? His words are spirit, and not only they are spirit, but they are life. Now go back over to Galatians. Galatians chapter 5. Verse 16, he says, this I say then, walk in the spirit. So now we know what walking in the spirit is. So we can read it like this. This I say then, walk in the word. Walk in the word. Walk in the word. So if you and I walk in the word, then ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Because the flesh lusteth against the word. Talking about the spirit, okay? And the word of God, when you walk in the spirit, you abide in him and he abides in you, then his words are being deposited into your spirit. So now you have life in you. You have the Zoe kind of life, the God kind of life in you. So now we can say for the flesh, flesh lusted against the word and the word against the flesh and these are contrary one to the other so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now, the 19th verse. Now, from verse 19 to verse 23, he's going to give us so he's going to show us manifestations of when you and I are walking in the flesh. And then he's going to give us, uh, he's going to show us manifestation uh, when you and I walk in, in the word. Amen. So you, you can look at this here in verses 19, 23. You can judge yourself. You can examine your own self, whether you are walking in the flesh or whether you are walking in the word. Now, he says in the 19th verse, he says, now the works of the flesh are manifest. Now, these are the manifestations when you are walking in the flesh. Okay? And it says, and these are, look at this, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envying, murders, drunkenness, and reveling. Then he says here, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things, do what such things? Walk in the flesh instead of walking in the spirit or walking in the word, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when I first got called to the ministry, believe it or not, I was a little bit religious. <laughs> and, you know, and when I read that, those, uh, those verses there, I, I read it you know, with a religious mindset. I said, see, look at this. People do these things, man. They are not going to go to heaven. So, I, you know, I had a little fire and brimstone type preaching. 
when I first got my early years of minutes, I know it's hard to believe, amen, but I used to preach that to people, see, you are not going to go to heaven if you're in adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, all the sedition, you know, you need to get right with Jesus. But as the years went on, and God was able to quiet my mouth and open my ears to teach me something, I got I started receiving revelation. First of all, I got a hold of faith. So now I start looking at things through the eye of faith, through the word of God. And then I, you know, I got filled with the Holy Ghost. So I had more revelation empowerment. And then I then I got to understand what the kingdom of God is. Because the kingdom of God is not heaven. The kingdom of God, and when I have taught on it in times past, and we learned, learned about it in, in this ministry, the kingdom of God is God's method of operation. It is God's way of doing things. Amen. That is the kingdom of God. Jesus said that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. The king, God's way of doing things is now in the earth realm. Now change your mind towards the way God does things versus the way the world does things. That's the kingdom of God. Amen. And, you know, we have di different teachings about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is a seed, which is the word of God. and has to do with sowing and all that kind of stuff. So, but Paul is saying here that if you walk in the flesh, and this is how, see, nobody don't have to tell you whether you're walking in the flesh or not. You got some, you, you have, a, you have a, a, a measuring stick here. That you can measure yourself whether you're walking in the flesh. If any of these things are being manifested in your life, now I'm going to go over these different manifestations of the flesh. If any of these things are being manifested, then you are walking in the flesh. You're not walking in the word. And if you are walking in the flesh and you're manifesting things, then you will not be able to enter in God's method of operation or the way God does things. But then he says here in the 22nd verse, he says, but the fruit of the spirit... So those who are walking in the spirit or walking in the word, these are the manifestation of you walking in the spirit. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Ooh, look at faith, meekness and temperance. And against such, there is no law. So what he's saying here, when you and I walk in the spirit and we manifest those nine fruits of the spirit against us, there's no law. What basically what he's saying is there is no limitations. There's no restriction of how much we walk in the spirit and manifest these nine fruits. There is no limitation. But child of God, there is limitations when it comes to walking in the flesh. You, we are limited. We are not experiencing the God kind of life or the Zoe kind of life. So now, let me uh, read it from the Amplified real quick. And then I'm going to go over these different manifestations of the flesh and then over the fruits of the spirit. And later, I'm going I'm I'm to do a really good in-depth teaching of the nine fruits of the spirit. And just we're going to go take one one by one and just, do, just get scriptures on it and just study it and get revelation. You know, because, you know, somebody's like, this love, joy, peace. Well, 
The word of God says love never fails. So that's a powerful statement there. That's, that love is so powerful that it was never fair. So we need to get the revelation of this love that never fails. The joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength, the book of Nehemiah said. So we get our strength from our joy. So if you're not strong physically or spiritually or mentally, you're lacking joy. Then you got peace. Peace is shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken. We got prosperity. We got 120 years of expectation of fullness of life. You know, when the Jewish people get together, they say shalom to each other. They, when, when, they, when they have toast uh, and, and some type of a party or celebration, they say to good life, 120 years, the peace of God. Shalom. God said over there in the book of Isaiah, I have cut a covenant of peace. Righteousness is born out of peace. Ooh, glory be to God. Long suffering. So there's just a few of the nine. I don't want to get too, you know, I can really get involved tonight because God gave me some revelation. And then goodness, you know, like I did a teaching. I remember the do good seed. The goodness, amen. Then gentleness is kindness. That's Rahab's anointing. Kindness. Glory be God. Well, I'm praying. I'm asking the Lord to open up a door. I want to preach that message of Rahab in a religious church. Glory be to God. Rahab the harlot. Burden's going to be removed. Yoke's going to be destroyed. Amen. And then meekness. And then my favorite one of the nine fruits of the Spirit, besides faith, you see faith and long-suffering, and temperance, self-control. Hallelujah. Against us, there's no law. Okay, now the Amplified reads real quick. Uh, Galatians chapter 5 verse 17 it says oh well verse 16 it says but I say walk and live habitually in the Holy Spirit responsive to and controlled guided by the Spirit then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and desires of the flesh of human nature without God for the desires of the flesh are opposed to the Holy Spirit and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh godless human nature for these are antagonistic to each other Continually withstanding and in conflict with each other so that you are not free but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. Now the doing and the practice of the flesh are clear, obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, division, dissension, party spirit, faction, sex with peculiar Opinion, heresy, envy, drunkenness, and carousing, and the like, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, let me see. Let me just read those same scriptures from the Message Bible. The message Bible says it is obvious what kind of life develop out of trying to get your own way all the time. See, when you walk in the flesh, you're trying to get your own way. The flesh is trying to get his own way. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental, emotional garbage, frenzy and joyless grass for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper a impotence to love or to be loved, 
divided homes, divided lives, small-minded, lopsided pursuit, the vicious habits of depersonalizing everyone in a, into a rival, uncontrolled, uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community, and I could go on and on and on. That's what the Message Bible said. And this isn't the first time I have warned you. You know if you, if you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. So now we're going to go with the 19th verse. We're going to start off with adultery. Now let me tell you something here. When we look at these uh, manifestations of the flesh, <laughs> I cannot lay hands on you and cast these things out. Whenever we deal, whenever we deal with spiritual entities, then we have the authority to cast those spirits out, like the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. I can cast the spirit of fear off of you. I can, you can take authority over the spirit of fear. Okay? Uh, uh, familiar spirits. We can take authority over familiar spirits. I can lay hands on you and cast that spirit off you. But when it comes to the works of the flesh, you're going to have to repent. As the only way we get rid of the works of the flesh is through repentance. So I can't, I can't cast an adultery demon off of you. Because it's not a spirit. Okay? It is the manifestation of your flesh. And whenever we deal with things with the flesh, we have to repent from it. So adultery, okay? Adultery is that you are married and then you having sexual relationship with someone who's not your husband or wife. That's walking in the flesh. Okay? I don't even stay long on adultery. We all know what adultery is. Okay? Fornication. Fornication is having sex outside of the marriage. You're not married anymore. You're just having sex with all different type of partners. Okay? Whether it's homosexuality sex, whether it's uh, lesbianism sex, whether it's different heterosexual sex, whether it's masturbation. You know, masturbation is a sin. Don't you know masturbation is homosexuality? You having sex with yourself? Why didn't this Free Will Baptist Church tonight in it? <laughs> Hey, we, we, we got to deal with these issues. If Paul is dealing with it here, that's the works of the flesh. Masturbation is you having sex with yourself. That's homosexual act. That's a homosexual act. So that is the work of the flesh. Uh, bestiality, having sex with animals. Uh, having, uh, experiencing perverted sex. You know, there used to be a thing a couple years ago. I remember I dealt with a preacher on it. That was a thing that was going in this country. Where young uh, Caucasian males, because I can't, I can't picture us black folks doing this stuff, but you never know. But young Caucasian males who had a, a rope, what would you call it? They hang people. A noose, right. And they would put it around their neck and they would masturbate and then they would like, like almost hang themselves because it gave them a sexual erotic high. And some of them young kids were dying from that because they couldn't get out of the noose in, in time enough. And they, they, they hung themselves. That was the big thing that was going on back in the late, in the 80, late 80s and early 90s. 
So that's fornicate. That's works of the flesh. Amen? That's work of the flesh. Amen? That's fornication. Uncleanliness. Not being clean physically on your physical person. Not being clean in your mouth. I'm not talking about brushing your teeth. I'm talking about the words you speak. You got a cussing problem. That's works of the flesh. Uncleanliness. Not being clean. Having a dirty, filthy, funky house. Amen. That's works of the flesh. Amen. Having your on your person is dirty and filthy. Amen. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Uh, let me see what else we have here. Lasciviousness. Now, lasciviousness is an interesting word. There, lasciviousness means uncontrollable appetite. Not only just talking about when it pertains to food, but anytime when it comes to sex, when it comes to sports, uncontrollable appetite. I mean, you'd rather stay home and watch the Super Bowl instead of coming to church. That's lasciviousness. You you are you are OC. You are out of control. Whether it's food, whether it's sex, whether it's spending, whether it's shopping. Lasciviousness, you know, shopping. You know, the devil used shopping towards some people as a as a substitute for getting in the presence of God. You know, that time when you, ah, I don't know what to do. You know, I'm going through some things. I got to go shopping. No, instead of that, get in the presence of God. You know, and the devil used that towards when it comes to females and males too, or, or the, the devil used have others for males instead of instead of getting in the presence of God. Uh, I'd rather go to a movie, or watch a video, or eat. See, and when you're going through that work of the flesh, you're going through that. Then that's when you need to get into the presence of God. You need to start walking in the Spirit, walking in the Word. So lasciviousness means uncontrollable appetite. Doesn't only pertain to just food, but other things. Sex, your car, your house, <laughs> your education, your career can be lasciviousness. You're more concerned about achieving your career than being in the presence of God or being in the Word of God. You're more concerned about getting. An extra job. That's seriousness. Methodist church guy can be getting quieter. But child of God, we need to hear messages like this. To take us into it to possess the promised land. Amen. Twenty. Idolatry. Idol worshiping. Now <laughs> We in this, us in this country, we don't really get into a lot of idol worshiping versus like other nations like South America and Africa. You know, we don't have all these witch doctors and all that kind of stuff. But we do have our own idolatry here in America. 
We do have our idol worshipers. And the big thing that I see here in the United States, the biggest idol worshiping that we have in this country is ourselves. We worship the opinions that we have pertaining to that. That's idolatry. We're more concerned about how we think about the situation, how we view it, how we look at it, instead of finding out how God looks at it, how God views it. Well, I don't think, you know, there's a, there's a lot of Christians who come to churches and stuff. You know, they're, they're, they get into a lot of idol worship. Well, I don't think the pastor should have said that. Oh, I don't think he's rightly dividing the word. Oh, I, is, I, I, I remember I told you before when we studied years ago about Satan. Remember I told you before, if you use I more than five times in a sentence or in a, <laughs> in a paragraph, you into idol worship. Because that's what the devil did. He said in Ezekiel, I will exalt myself above the most high God. I will ascend. I, 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 I. And then you find yourself, you're serving those three gods. Me, myself, and I. And you will bow down to those three gods. You will be faithful to them. You know? But what about me? Well, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? As flesh, and if you're manifesting that, works of the flesh, baby, you won't be able to inherit the kingdom of God. You won't be able to get into the way God does things. So idolatry. Then we have uh, witchcraft. Witchcraft, the Greek word there for witchcraft is uh, pharmakia, where we get the English word what? Pharmacy. Drugs. Now, not only are we talking about illegal drugs, but we're talking about prescribed drugs. That's works of the flesh. That's witchcraft. That's pharmakia in the Greek word. Witchcraft. Hatred. Self-explanatory. I hate you. That's flesh. That's flesh. That's works of the flesh. That is the manifestation of it. You've been walking in the flesh. In the vanity of your mind. You've been walking in the flesh, and now that manifestation of hatred is being evident. Then we have variance. Well, I like to put variance and and, uh, seditions together. Variance and seditions means division or rebellion. Uh. Seditions and strife. Now, when when you manifest in strife, a person who is in strife, those are your hell raisers. Those are the ones who just will snap that finger all in your face and tell you where to go and how to get there in Jesus' name. Those are your strife seekers. Hey, I haven't ran across a couple of them since I've been in ministry. 
Those are the ones that just, they just outright just rebel and just, just, just give you hell. Amen. Variance is your division. The person, people call, cause division. Now they might not outright come out, cause you problem, but they, they are the behind the scenes people that causes division. They are the ones who will sit out there and while the man of God is ministering, uh, they'll lean over to you and say, do you agree with what he says? That's variance. And then you have seditions. Now, the sedition people, they are the ones who will not lean over to you and say, do you agree with what he's saying? Or they will not outright come out and uh, challenge you. But they are the ones that uh, when all that kind of stuff is going on, somebody will say, well, what do you think about all this? And then they would set themselves apart from you and say, well, I ain't going to say nothing, but uh, those are your sedition people. They ain't going to say nothing, but just through their physical communication, they already told you what they're in agreement with. Those are the, those are the, the, the sedition people. They, those are the ones who are set apart. They're they, they, they not in the fuel of the fire. You all right? But they just stand over here and say, well, I, 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 I ain't going to say nothing. You know, I, I, I ain't going to say nothing. You know, that's seditions. That's work of the flesh. Amen. Then we have emulations. <laughs> uh, religious churches practice emulation all the time. And not even aware that they're doing it. They're not even aware that they are. Walking in the flesh. Emulations is, uh, next Sunday we're going to have men's day. Then the Sunday after that we're going to have women's day. And whichever group raises the most money, they're going to get a plaque. Emulation is trying to outdo one another. Religious churches are good for that. Emulation. That's why this means we don't have no women's day, no men's day, no children's day. We only have word day. Because we don't want to get into the emulation. That's why we don't have any contests. If you notice, as long as you've been in this ministry, whenever we have some type of function, whatever, where there's some type of gifts involved, whatever, uh, my, my wife, she blesses everybody. Everybody get a gift. Amen. We don't get into this contest and stuff. You know, everybody gets blessed. God blesses everybody. God works of the flesh. God is not trying to see uh, uh, who's trying to outdo one another or, or whatever. There's no there's no competition. That's emulation. Competing. Amen. That when, when you see emulation or competing, that's flesh. That is an individual who have not been walking in the spirit or walking in the word. They've been walking in the flesh. Emulation. Trying to outdo each other. Wrath. Wrath is anger. Angry. Now, this kind of angry, you know, the Bible says uh, we could be angry, but sin not. But these kind of folks, they angry. They sin. They release their anger. 
irreverent, ill-tempered. These are the folks that, that got a temper. If you just, you know, you just, you mean, you can come into church and, you know, and say, hey, good morning. Uh, they upset. Good morning. What do you mean, good morning? Lord Jesus, you all right, brother? Sister, you all right? They got temper. They just get angry. Before I became born again, I used to have wrath. I used to get angry. I used to have a temper, man. Man, you just look at me wrong. I cuss you out in a minute. That's how I was. That's how the old man was when I was a sinner. Man, I will cuss you out. Wouldn't even give a second thought. Wouldn't care about your feelings or nothing. If you just look at me wrong, say something to me wrong, I'll cuss you out in a minute. That just really, <laughs> that just got my flesh. I, I, I didn't let you talk long. Because I didn't want to go through all this talking and talking and talking. That's why y'all, y'all can tell I'm born again. I got the spirit of God living in me now. I got temperance, long suffering. Amen. But I will hurt you in a minute. Before my wife, uh, her and I, we start dating each other. We had a, a, a mutual friend of ours. He would tell her. Well, didn't he tell her? He said, he, he, this guy, he only knew me before I got saved. He didn't know the new me and I was changed and everything. And he would tell her, he said, boy, that, that Cecil, he's mean. He got a temper. And she said, really? That's the same Cecil? You mean little cutty teddy bear Cecil? You know? He said, yeah, he got a temper. You know, and she brought it to my attention. I said, well, that's how I used to be when I was a sinner. But when, the, when, the, when I became born again, God changed all that. Amen? You have temper, so that, that wrath is the work of the flesh. You 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 are you are living in the you are walking in the flesh, and you are manifesting this this wrath. Then we have heresies. Heresies is false teaching or error. Heresies, walking in the flesh. Heresies. Hearing teachings like. If you don't get right with God, he's going to take you out. If you sin, it's all over. That doesn't line up with the book because in the book of Isaiah, God said, I have cut a covenant of peace. I'm no longer wrath with man, angry with man. I have extended my loving kindness as a covenant of peace. You have been established in righteousness. So when we hear preachers get up and talk about how God's going to get you, God's going to kill you, God's going to do this, oh, you know, oh, you, you're going to get yours. Why? No, that's heresy. That's false teaching. That's flesh. That is someone who has not been in the book. Then we have envying. Envying. Jealous of folks because of what they have and what you don't have. That envy, that's, that comes from a spirit of lack. That's come from a spirit of poverty. That's a poverty mentality. When you envy, because you feel like you, you are in lack. Then we have murders. Murders. Not only physical murder, but murdering people with your mouth. Slander. Character assassinations. Destroying people's characters. I've experienced that 
quite often here in this ministry. People don't even know me, and they slander my character. Said I was a cult leader. That's character. That's murder. That's work. That's flesh. And then drunkenness, drinking that, drinking that, 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 that booze. They don't have booze for them anymore. Do they? See that there was a period when I got born again. All the things that I did in the world is like everything just stopped. And everything after, I don't know what was the alcohol out in there. I, we, we stopped that booze phone. That was it. And now anything else, we don't know about these drinks they got now, you know. But they got that alcohol. Getting drunk. Drunkenness. You know, drunkenness is Satan's counterfeit for being filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> getting drunk. Instead of grabbing that bottle, grab that word. And get and then you get drunk in the spirit. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. But drunkenness, natural drunkenness, is just Satan's counterfeit of being drunk in the Holy Ghost. That's works of the flesh. So you know, you if you're a drunkard, which we don't have any drunkards in this ministry, glory be to God. Or if you're somebody said, well, I'm a social drinker. That's still flesh. And then we have reveling. Those, those are party folks. Those are the, the party folks. Got to get my party on. Yeah. The party folks. That's flesh. And those nightclubs, I don't know if y'all ran nightclubs. When I was a sinner, I used to run nightclubs frequently. That, that was all that was Flesh. And you remember, I did a, several years ago, I did a preaching but that the church is like the nightclub. It's just, the nightclub is just a counter, a counterfeit of the devil of the church. Because we come into church, we praise and party God, we celebrate God. The bartender is the pastor. Amen. The drinks are just being filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We go ahead, go ahead for Jesus. Amen. It's just a counterfeit. The devil. That's, that's what the clubs are. Everything. Remember the the devil. He can't. He he, don't, he hasn't created anything. He just perverts what God created. So you know you got them same reveler people that go to the clubs or not even clubs, even UK games, basketball game, football game. You know how they got the wave. All painted up, exposing all their yes, partying for the wildcats. And then when they come into the house of the Lord, they say, "Let's give God a praise." I don't do that. That's flesh. If we're gonna party, we're gonna party here. We're going to party before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We're going to celebrate Jesus so he is worthy to be celebrated and to be magnified. We're going to do the way for the Holy Ghost so the Holy Ghost can bring in his way and remove burdens and destroy you. We're going to shout for Jesus. Shout for the wildcats. Probably all of them are on the teams of sinners. <laughs> oh, glory. We shout for 
Michael Jordan. Go ahead, Michael Jordan. Don't you know Michael Jordan, he's into New Age? We shout for that, brother. We even give him offerings. That's why he's wealthy. But when it comes to the things of God, we don't want to shout. We don't want to do all those things. But we can do it for the world. It's works of the flesh. Reveling, party. And Paul says that if, we, if you manifest those things, then you will not be able to inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? And then he says in the 24th verse, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. He said, the word of God said, to set our affections on above. You know, something just, I think, I think it was in Texas, this revelation came to me. The scripture says to set our affections on things that is above. Set our hearts on things that are above. Well, let, let me show you something, child of God. Go to Revelation. We're going to look at, we're going to see here, what are those things that are above that we need to set our affections on? Revelation uh, 21. The word of God says to set our affection and our lust. That word lust means our desire. Every, every time we hear that word lust, we think sexual, but really the true meaning of the word lust means your, your desires. There's our lust or our desires or where our heart is at or our affection. And the word of God says to set our affection on the things which are above. Well, we want to set our affection on the, on the glory. We want to set our affection on, on the things of God, the presence of God, on heaven. On it. So we're going to set our affection on the things that are above. Now look at this. Look at Revelation chapter 21. Verse 9. Well, no, let's go up to... Uh, let's go to verse 4. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death. Hallelujah. Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. He that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the whoremongers, the sorcerers, the idolaters, all liars, shall have their part in the lake, which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. And there came unto me, came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven vials, full of the seven last plagues, and talked with me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain, and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. So the scripture says we're supposed to set our affection on the things that are above. Now look at the things that are above. This holy Jerusalem, this holy city descending out of heaven from God. 11th verse. 
having the glory of God. Her light was like a stone, more precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, and with a great wall high, and it had twelve gates, and at the gates twelve angels, and name written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel, and on the east three gates, on the north three gates, on the south three gates, on the west three gates, and the wall of the city had twelve foundations in them, the name of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city, and the gates thereof, and the wall thereof. And the city lies four squares, and the length is as large as the breadth. And he measures the city with the reed. Twelve thousand furlongs, the length and the breadth and the height of it. This city, the length of this city is, is, is like comparing traveling from Louisville to Denver, Colorado. That's how long this city is. And that's what, about what, 1,100 miles? 1,100 miles? That's how long this city is. Now look at this. He measured the wall there 144 cubits according to the measure of angel, that is of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was jasper. The city was pure gold like unto clear glass. And the foundation of the wall of the city was garnished with all manner of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third caldron, the fourth emerald, uh, the fifth, so forth, so on, on, and look on down. Look at 24, 24, and the 12 gates were 12 pearls, every seven gates was a one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold as it was transferred glass. Look at this. Look at what he's telling us to set our affection on, which is above. Prosperity. Because he said that the city descended, this holy city of Jerusalem descended from heaven, from God. We are supposed to set our affection on the things that are above, and that is the glory, the prosperity of Almighty God. That's what we're supposed to set our affection on. To meditate and to set our affection on the wealth and the, the prosperity of our Father. He has gold. He has emerald. He has pearl. He has silver. He has honors, the wealth and the prosperity of our God. To set our affections on that. Glory be to God. So anybody say, well, you know, prosperity, we're not supposed to get into prosperity. They ain't speaking heresy. He said, set your affections on the things of the above. This city was located above in heaven. And he's told us to set our affection on things that is above. And look at the things that are above. The prosperity, the glory of God. The glory of God. Remember I did it several years ago. I taught on the glory of God. Whenever we talk about the glory of God, it's the self-manifestation of God's goodness, his presence, his power, and his wealth. Whenever God's glory showed up, it manifests his power, his presence, his goodness, and his wealth. That's the glory of God. That's where, that's, that's where we get the name for our American flag, Old Glory. It is symbolic what? It is symbolic of this nation power, presence, and our wealth. That's why we call it old glory. And they got it, and they got it from God. The glory of God. The glory of God. The word of God says that the glory of God is the man. 
And the glory of the man is his wife. His power, his presence, his wealth. Glory. Now go back over Galatians. I'm going to wrap it up. That was just, that was free. I should have took up an offering on that real quick. But, uh, <laughs> woo! We want to set our affection on things that are above. The glory of God. Whew. Child of God, if you got a problem with prosperity, you're not gonna you're not gonna like heaven. We gotta renew, we gotta renew our mind. We gotta get those religious thinking out of our way, out of our mindset. Because in heaven, that's all that's in heaven, prosperity. They don't have no section section eight housing in heaven. They don't have no shacks in heaven. It's nothing but prosperity. Nothing but wealth. Heaven. I don't know how it goes. Take me. I got to go with the flow of the screen. Heaven. Earth is just a shadow of heaven. Heaven is a planet. If you study over there in the book of Ezekiel, it talks about there are industries in heaven. There are transportation in heaven. There are rivers in heaven. And we see, we saw right there in, in Revelation, we see right here in Revelation, there are cities in heaven. There's the glory of God. God reigns. His throne is in heaven. You think God is going to be somewhere where everything is? See, the only reason why we have poverty because we have a devil. But at one time, Satan, Satan, don't you? The devil knows about the prosperity and the glory of God. The scripture said that he was once called the anointed cherub and he was decked with gold and onyx and silver and sapphire. He knows about wealth. So that's why he, through, through, through religion, he has deceived us that we shouldn't get into all this wealth thing because we are not holy if we have abundance. Well, tell that to God. Because if you check out Jesus in the book of Revelation, it talks about how Jesus is talking about Jesus in his full glory. His full being that he's in now, his full spiritual being, that he has a golden girdle. Why, why, why Jesus needs, why he need a, a girdle? Now we're talking about a girdle. We're not talking about the kind of girdle that women wear. It was it's more like a, a a wrapping that they call the girdle. I don't have I don't have the, the meaning of that word in the Greek right offhand what it's exactly talking about. It's not talking about the girdle that push up and pull up stuff, keep stuff in in, in place. We ain't talking about that. But it's more like a like a sachet. That's that's where I I can think of. It says Jesus has a golden his girl is made of gold. Gold. 
Jesus knows about the wealth of his father. If God had a problem with prosperity and wealth, then why did the wise men travel from the east for two years to find Jesus? And when they found him at the age of two, they brought him caravans of wealth. What is a two-year-old going to do with gold, frankincense, and myrrh? If you think about it, what's a two-year-old going to do with gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Now, he probably wanted some go-bots or some autobots or transformers or something. He wanted no gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Why is that? Because Jesus, when he left eternity to come down to earth, he was used to wealth and gold. He was used to prosperity. And also he needed that wealth to, 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 to finance his ministry. So we got to renew our minds, man. We got to renew our we, If we're walking in the things of God and in the power of God, then we'll have his self-manifestation of his presence, his power, his goodness, and his wealth in our lives. So, child of God, when they start when when they, when they start coming your way, don't allow those religious mindsets to rise up and say, "Oh, I, I don't need all that." Oh, yeah, you do. Yeah, you need if you yeah you need three Rolls Royces, three Mercedes. Yeah, you need four homes. Yeah. If you're walking with God, you serving God, you walking in the spirit, you will experience God's power, his self-manifestation of his presence, his goodness, and his wealth. So now when people look on your lives and they see the goodness of the Lord on your life, that leads them to repentance. Especially when you manifest all these things and you're walking in the nine fruits of the Spirit. See, where the problem has been, Christians have walked in the things of God, manifest God's presence, goodness, power, and His will. But then they kept walking in the things of the flesh. And then that's what confused people. And then that's what some people came with the mind and said that. Oh, that wealth messed him up. That wealth did all that. No. They kept walking in the things of the flesh instead of walking in the spirit, walking in the word. He says in the 25th and 26th verse, wrap it up. He says, if we live in the spirit, or if we live in the word, let us also walk in the word or in the spirit. Now look at it, just what I was saying, 26 verse. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. He said, we're going to live in the word and walk in his word. Let's just continue to live in the word and walk in the word. But let's not be in, we in the spirit, in the word, then we in the flesh. Then we out of the flesh, then we in the word, then we in the spirit, then we back in the flesh. No, let's stay out of the flesh. The things of the flesh. 
Let's start disciplining ourselves to walk in the things of the Spirit, in the Word, live in the Word, walk in the Word, so that we can manifest those nine fruits of the Spirit, along with God's presence, along with God's power, along with God's goodness and God's wealth, and then we'll be able to cause someone to repent. Because not only they can see the goodness of God on our lives, they also can see character. That's what the that's what the fruit of the spirits are. The fruit of the spirits are character development. And there's a lot of Christians who have manifest some promises, some things of God. They are anointed by God, but they don't have any character. And Paul is telling this Galatians church. Oh, yes, you can manifest all those goodness things of God, but walk in the Spirit. Stay in the Spirit. Because when you walk in the Spirit, when you stay in the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit being, now character is being developed. Let me tell you something, child of God. Character does not come with the born-again experience. When you become born again, you, don't, you, you do not automatically get character. Character has to be developed. And the fruit of the Spirit is where we develop our character in Him. Amen? Well, glory. Give the Lord a hand clap. Praise. Hallelujah. We'll stand to your feet. Next week, we'll pick back, we'll pick up with. The last chapter in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, and then we would have been done with the book of Galatians. So far, we have covered, what, two books, Ephesians and Galatians, and uh, maybe we'll go to Philippians next. I don't know. See how the Spirit wants to lead. Or we might just get right into those nine fruits of the Spirit. That's where our character is developed. You know, if the world is looking for Christians who have character. God, God is looking for some people who will develop their character in Him. People who know how to walk in temperance, walk in love, walk in meekness, walk in faith, walk in love. Character development. We need those nine fruits of the Spirit working in our lives. Especially when we get ready to possess the land. We don't need them walking in the flesh. Because we already seen in the word of God, we will not be able to inherit the kingdom of God. Basically, we can put it like this. We will not be able to possess the land if we're walking in the flesh. We can't possess the land. But with the fruits of the spirit, we can't. Where there is such no law, there's no limitations to how much land we can possess when we walk in the fruit of the Spirit.